What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon. And as you know, the mission, purpose, and passion of this show is to disrupt the current way you're thinking, inspire you to think differently, and give you the tools, resources, and knowledge to transform into the person and into the life that you deserve to live. Today, I've got a uber cool guest on for you. His name is Mark Zalmanoff. He is a fitness professional from Frisco, Texas. He just released his first book called Make Good Choices, 365 Days to an Exceptional Existence. One of his mottos is Make America Fit Again. Mark and I could not be in more alignment with our belief systems and our thought processes around how we have to tackle the crisis of obesity and what we're going to do on an individual level to help you guys make good choices. You're gonna to love today's show. Get yourself a pen, get some paper. You're gonna to wanna to take some notes. Most importantly, go buy Mark's book. We've gotta support people who have a mission, a purpose and a passion to help the world be a better place. Make good choices, amazon.com, 365 days to an exceptional existence. I love this book. You're going to love it. Let's go support Mark by grabbing a copy. Saddle up, get ready. Here comes Mark. Mark, welcome to the show, brother. I'm glad to have you today. Thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure to run my mouth in other places. <laughs> well, we've got a lot in common with that. All my listeners will know that that's my, that's my forte. Is, uh, I'm not good at very much, but I can run this thing for, for hours. I want to jump right in, man, because you've got the hat on, obviously, um, and make good choices. You just released, um, is it your first book? It is my first book. Yes, sir. Perfect. So your first book, Make Good Choices. Um, I want to dive right into the first part that I love about it. And let's talk about grandma, because as somebody who grew up in the South, I had a grandmother who was um, as tiny as can be, <laughs> but if it needed to happen, she'd whip everybody's ass. I and, I, and I don't know your grandma, but it sounds like she may have a little bit of this in there just based on the, you know, the first quote under lesson number one, my grandma is, well, I guess it's time to shit or get off the pot. So <laughs> that reminded me so strongly of something that Leona Cup would have said. So let's dive in right there. Like how, I mean, because I know my grandma was a massive inspiration in my life. Like, you know, just get shit done. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what is, let's, let's talk about grandma for a second. So growing up, I didn't, my mother wasn't in my life. So okay. it was my dad and my grandma. They basically raised me. And, you know, I don't necessarily say she was a, she was a mother figure, but she was definitely a maternal figure in my life. Right. And, you know, she's a little bit older, obviously. Um, and when probably mid nineties or so, she had a bunch of health issues kind of come to fruition. And, you know, everyone smoked back in the day and drank back in the day and didn't exercise, especially women, yeah. women sure didn't, you know, they never went to the gym or anything. Right. So all of a sudden she's got diabetes and then she's got breast cancer, had a couple strokes, high blood pressure, like you name it, just rack them up. And I just, I remember her with a smile on her face all the time. And at the time, you know, when you're young, you don't, you don't get it. You, right. you know, there's all these life lessons that get thrown your way and, and you look back and you're like, damn, I wish I would have like appreciated yeah. that a little bit more. Totally. But over the years, like the last 15 years of her life was just a, a slew of health issues that would give any person a right 
to bitch and moan and complain and, oh, this hurts and, oh, that hurts and, oh, woe is me and why is this happening? But that woman just walked around with a smile on her face and she was truly grateful to be alive. You know, she gets up in the morning and just, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, and I wouldn't even consider her like an overly religious person. I mean, she was Jewish and, you know, she recognized all the holidays and, and observed things, but, you know, she didn't go to synagogue all the time or anything. In fact, I don't even remember her ever going to synagogue, right. but she was, she was religious in the fact that she had a relationship with God and was just grateful. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't realize the influence that had at the time, but as I got older, that would always pop into my head of like, man, this woman would just walk around and smile at people and spread joy wherever she went. She had the type of voice that if you were talking to her on the phone, you would be smiling because that's what she brought to it. And people could tell, you know, it was just this weird thing of like, it, it's it, the energy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it sounds like you're smiling, which is a weird statement, but it was so true. Yeah. So, you know, as, as, you know, she passed away, I think she was 88, 89 or so. And one of those people that no one ever had a bad thing to say about her, you know, and I remember going to her funeral and, you know, it was sad, but then afterwards, you know, my family and I, we'd gone out to dinner and we're just sitting around shooting the shit, talking about crazy things that she had done and just things that she would say, like shit or get off the pot, which, you know, when I'm like 12, it used to crack me up. I'm like, oh, you know, my grandma's cussing, huh? Right. But so as I, as I face things in my own life as an adult, it makes me question, like, is it really that bad? Like, right. do I really have it that bad? You know, I got a bunch of first world problems and most right. of them I created myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like the world's bearing down on me. You know, most of it's my own stupidity and my own mistakes. And I've just carried that with me my entire life. But man, if, if she can be that grateful and joyful going through everything that she did, like surely I can do the same with the minuscule problems that I have. And, and I just, you know, that's, that's why it's the first thing in the book. That's why the dedication, the first thing in there is to her because she really helped shape who I am as a human being. And, you know, I believe she's, she's shining down and, and just happy to see what I've been doing with my life now. I love, you know what, we did not, for the, everybody who's listening, Mark and I did not plan this. You guys know, if, if you're listening to the show for a long time, that I'm a, I'm a huge gratitude guy. And I mean, grateful for any and everything. First words out of my mouth every morning are simply just, holy shit, I'm alive. And then thank you. Right. <laughs> yep. And, th- and that, that's just really how I live. And so what you just did is set me up for my next question. I mean, not, you didn't even know what was going to happen, but I love this quote that I pulled from you. And it says, The other part of gratitude I think most people skip over is giving thanks for the hardships we face, right? And now I know why you put that in there because you just told me grandma's story, right? Like you've seen that and you said it's easy to express the good stuff, but often it's the shit that gets thrown in your path that causes the most beneficial growth. And I totally, I mean, I believe that adversity or challenges or obstacles or whatever you want to call those things are simply just like unanswered questions, right? It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a problem. You just don't have an answer for, but if you're grateful enough and your, your attitude is in the right frame, you can ask, you can find that answer either from the right person, from the right trial and error or something. You're eventually going to get to that place. So like, let's talk about gratitude for a little bit. Cause I think, I mean, obviously it's buzzy, right? Everybody talks about it now, but like, I love the way you just repositioned it to say like, I'm not always grateful for like, you know, 
for coffee and the sunshine and the blah, blah, blah. Like right. sometimes I'm grateful for that punch in the face that you said, you know, you kind of create for yourself. So rap about that for a minute. Like how has that, you know, shaped you and how do you use that? You know, I, I believe that everything in life that we go through can be utilized to help someone else somewhere down the line. And, and again, I think this is one of those things that a lot of us just have to experience and see it happen a few times before we understand the concept. So here's a real simple example is, you know, I'm a, I'm a fitness coach by trade. And of course I've hurt various things in my body over the years, just being stupid or, you know, things happen. Your body does weird things. Inevitably someone will come in my path with the same exact issue. So let's say like I had a bad shoulder for years, couldn't figure it out, finally kind of figured things out, learn how to maneuver around it, learn what to do, what not to do. And then, you know, all of a sudden I get people coming to me and they got this weird shoulder problem they're describing. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Does it feel like this? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, and when you do this, it hurts. They're like, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I know what to do. And so, you know, just a microcosm of, of that mindset of, okay, I dealt with it. It was painful. It was frustrating. You know, I hate not being able to do something, yeah. but all of a sudden I'm helping other people navigate through it better than I was able to, because I had to go through it to learn the lesson. And now I can help somebody fast track it. You know, it, it, you want to bring it to real life. So I got married when I was like 22, you know, I was stupid. I didn't know anything, you know, nobody no, I didn't have anybody going, yeah, it's probably not a good idea, guy. Right. And, uh, you know, divorced a couple of years later and, and we're friends and, you know, everything's fine. But, you know, again, looking back on something like that, that seems like the world's about to end when that comes crashing down. But then in hindsight, being able to look back and go, okay, I made mistakes here, here and here. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't seek counsel. I didn't go to premarital counseling. I didn't have good people in my life, like all the things. And so, you know, I got married last year, I got remarried and, you know, we did a lot of things right this time that I knew I didn't do before that I knew were missing that I knew were part of the reason why I had such terrible relationships and didn't have success in that realm. And then I find this amazing woman and I'm like, okay, I, I have to do this thing right. So, you know, had I not faced some of those hardships before and made mistakes and made stupid, you know, made bad choices, yeah. then I may not have made the good choices that I've made that are building this, this marriage that I have now that I know is going to last until we die. So it, it really is just understanding that, you know, I firmly believe that we don't get things in our life that we can't handle. Totally. You know, and I know, again, it's cliche and, you know, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle, but I really believe that that's true. I mean, if you think about it, most cliches, there's some truth behind them. That's why they get said all the time. Right. They wouldn't be repeated a billion times if there wasn't a, even a, you know, a, a shade of truth in there. Yeah. 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 I, lo I love that. And, you know, we, we live in the most comfortable time in human history. Like we really do. And, you know, we're, we're in America, which means we really live in the most comfortable time ever. I don't worry about food. I don't worry about if, if hyenas are going to come attack me. Like yeah. I don't worry about being persecuted for my religion. Like I have no real worries in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So, you know, the things that come in our path, I believe are meant to shape us and, and, and mold us into better human beings to serve this world while we're here. Yeah. So if we're not willing to take those things on and learn, then what are we doing? Like we're just existing. Yeah. 
you know, like we're all going to be forgotten anyway. I mean, that you know, think about it. There's, there's like 10, maybe 15 people that have ever existed that everyone remembers. That's about it. There's not many, like two or three generations from now, nobody's going to know shit about either one of us. Right. Yeah. But I utilize that for what do I do with that? How can I make an impact right now? How can I make the world better right now? 100%. And so learning from all the crap that I have to go through in order to help other people, I feel like that's me serving my purpose. I agree. You know, well, this is our first chat. We've never, you know, our first communication, we've cha- exchanged a couple of emails and messages, but I wrote my second book is called The Purpose of Pain. And it's really about everything you just described, like all of the nonsense that I went through in my life that at the time I thought, well, oh my God, like how is, you know, oh, you know what I mean? How I turn that into like as an adult now, or as a semi-adult, 46 year old adult to doing the best I can. Um, how I've turned that into like purpose. You know what I mean? I'm using the same things that I went through to help people, you know, overcome the stuff that they're going to. So I think that's a a magical way of saying that, Um, which bridges us right to kind of where you are with your book is make good choices, 365 days to an exceptional existence. So obviously, I I mean, I think I know what you're going to say, but so the idea behind that, right? Like it, it seems simple, like, hey, Make good choices, Mark. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which a lot of times I think we have to simplify shit because, you know, humans, like you just said it, we, we're in the most comfortable existence on the planet. And what do we do? We try to make it so hard and so <laughs> challenging. And I'm like, my, my, my statement is always, if you want to make something hard, add a human. If you want to F something up, throw a human in there and we will so figure good. out, we'll figure out how to destroy it. So let's <laughs> talk about, let's talk about the book. Why the book? Why now? Um, give me a little synopsis. I mean, obviously, I think, I, you know, 365 days, right? It's a fall, hey, day one, day two, follow along. And then I want you to find, I want you to define exceptional existence. So a couple of years ago in my gym, when people would leave, I'd start yelling out, make good choices. And it was okay. just a funny thing to say, you know, and yeah. everyone always laughs. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I just, I, I kept doing it. I don't know why, you know, I know why now, but I didn't know why then it just kept coming up. And, but, but I really, you know, people come to the gym and they work out and they work hard. And, and obviously I'm encouraging them to eat well and sleep and do all the other things outside of the gym. So, you know, that statement of make good choices really encompasses all of that. Yeah. So I keep saying it, I keep saying it, I keep saying it. Eventually I put a little sign up by the door that says make, I mean, I literally printed out a sheet of paper and like thumbtacked it to a board that says make choices, right? So now there's a, there's a visual reminder. I'm yelling it when they walk out the gym, they laugh, but it starts to permeate into their head. Mm -hmm. And I've had so many people, you know, they go out to lunch or over the weekend, they're like, man, I was going to do this, but I heard your voice, make good choices. And and, and it altered their decisions that they were making. I'm like, huh, well, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, totally. So this idea to write a book came from my Apex Network. And we're, we're really encouraged to write a book as part of personal branding and you know, putting ourselves as an authority, as you know. So I, I sit down to write this thing and I'm like, what am I gonna write a book about? Because I didn't want to write a health and fitness book. Like, there, you know, there's so many of those. You can fall, you can fall down and land on one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I'd been writing a lot for social media, like on my own personal stuff. Like every Monday I was writing something I called Mindset Monday. And I'd been doing it for a couple of years. And so all of a sudden this idea pops in my head of like, wait a minute, I've been writing this book 
for the last couple of years. I just didn't know it. Yeah. So I start compiling these things. I put them in a specific order. You know, there's a rhyme and a reason to all of it. And so I, I, I put it all together. And at the time, I still didn't have a title for the book. I'm like, man, what am I going to call this thing? You damn sure did. You've, you've always had the title. You had the title before you had anything else. And again, one day I'm talking to one of my coaches and I'm like, I'm an idiot. I just realized what the title of the book. And he's like, what? I was like, it's make good choices. He's like, you dumbass. I was like, yeah. I know. <laughs> Isn't it always the thing that's like right in front of you? Like, I don't even, you've been seen the salt? Like, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, my wife would tell you I can't see shit. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in my business, I really value the relationship side of things. You know, I, I keep clients for a very, very long time. Like I got a guy in my gym next month is going to be 13 years. He's been training with me. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I value that interaction. I value the ongoing relationship that I have with my clients. And so the book is, is actually 52 entries. And the goal is to get it to permeate. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we read a lot of books, you know, and, and a lot of things just go in one ear and out the other, and you may catch a nugget here and there, which is totally fine. You know, if you get, if you can read a book and, and learn one thing, then I think we're doing well, because that's more than most people are learning. Right. But I really wanted some of these lessons to soak in. And I wanted people to have a, a chance to contemplate, to reflect, and to see how these things can actually be involved in their lives. So every one of these chapters, these 52 chapters is a quote or a mantra or a motto. You know, some of it's my own saying, some of it's from stoicism, some of it's famous quotes. And then there's a journal prompt with each one that really encourages the reader to reflect on what's in front of them and then be able to give their own thoughts on it. So, like I said, I really wanted it to be something that people spend time with and give some thought to. And then that year long journey is again, me aligning this book with what I do on a daily basis, which is foster relationships with people and not just have one-off things. Like as a, as a fitness coach, I don't offer anything that's like here, buy my program. And then I never talk to you. Right. Like everything I do is relational. So the, the structure of the book just completely made sense with everything else that I do. And, and I've really, I've gotten some great feedback from it. It's weird you know, I don't know if you went through this when you wrote your first book, but like, you know, people taking pictures with it and sending it to you, man. Hey man, I got your book. I'm like, it's, it's so surreal. Weird. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> you know, I wrote, but- I wrote my first book like six years ago and it's still the, like, I'll get a message and somebody says, Hey man, I read your book and this changed my life. And I'm like, yeah, what the? this is the weirdest <laughs> thing. Or if somebody sends you a photo and it's still just, I mean, I had a guy the other day reach out to me and say, Hey, I read your book. It helped me with my PTSD. And I'm like, that's head. I mean, I, that's amazing. Like, holy, I just got goosebumps when I said it again. Cause it's like, that's the shit that matters, but it still feels weird. And yeah. I, I gotta be honest with you, you and I are going to have a talk after we, we, um, after we hit record. Cause I feel like that you've got my office bugged or something because like we're so in alignment with what you said. And I love the way you set this book up because you know, you, you hear these people, it's like, Oh, I'm going to read 150 books this year. And I'm always like, right. I'm always like, great job. Great job. But I'm like, wouldn't it be better to read one book? and then implement the, something from that book into your life that makes a trans. I always say like ingestion without implementation is worthless, right? right? Both, both on the, the, you know, from a food perspective, you know, metaphorically, but it definitely from a knowledge perspective, it's like people are like, you know, we had this little assignment in one of my groups and I'm like, Hey, read this book. So one of my clients was like in three days, she's like, read the book. And I'm like, I think she was expecting me to say, Hey, great. I'm like, read it again. 
Yeah. I, I'm like, read it again because you're different now than you were the first time you read it. And so when you read it again, you're gonna you're gonna hear, find, see something differently. I've read anybody who's listening, read five books a year instead of 50 if you're just reading for sport, right? Unless you're unless you love like, you know, hey, if you love the Harry Potter whatever trilogy or pillagey or whatever we're at now, read that shit. But I'm talking about if you read a book that's like you want to help you with something in life, read it, read it again, read it again. So I love the way you set this up because. This is something I can get behind because I'm like, I love to read those one page things. And I'm like, okay, now I can, how can I do this today? Yep. Right. And then tomorrow and then the next day. What what led you? Because I love the I love the phrase the exceptional existence, because I'm always talking about like abundance and awesomeness. And I think people get sick of hearing me say it. So I'd love for them to be mad at somebody else for a minute. <laughs> so what is what does exceptional existence mean to you? To me, it means truly being aligned with who you are and how you operate in the world. There's so many people that I've seen over the years that are just settled. They just settled for whatever life, whatever they think life gave them, right? right? Like their relationship is okay, but it's not great. Their job is just fine, but they're not passionate about it. You know, they, they don't take good care of themselves, like all the things you know, 70% of our American population's obese or overweight. And you can't tell me that those people are that happy. Right. Like they may be, they may be, you know, not self-loathing, but if well, you have mo moments of happiness, right? Like, right. like moments, but, but like home, the homeostasis of happiness. I don't know. You know, I, I want to see more people excited to wake up in the morning okay. and excited to go do whatever it is they do. And, you know, the thing that we do, whatever that is in the world doesn't really matter. Like, you know, we all serve a purpose in some way, shape or form, but I think a lot of people don't feel that they do. They're just doing a job in their head. They don't understand the human connection. I don't care if you're pushing paperwork on the back end of a mortgage, like you're part of an integral process that's getting someone into a home right. that may be their dream home, right? Yeah. But so many people just approach their career or their work or whatever in this mundane manner and they don't have this lasting joy. I think, you know, that, that's a great point. Like you said, it. there's moments of happiness for people, but I don't think most people live a joyful life. Yeah. And to me, joy and happiness are two separate things. Like joy is that deep seated, like from your soul that I wake up and like we said before, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I let people know that, you know, I tell the people that I love that I love them. I thank people for coming in my gym. I make sure I put a smile on the cashier's face at the grocery store. Yeah. Like those are the things that joyful people do. And, you know, go out anywhere today, go to a mall, go to a store, go to Target. How many people walk around smiling? Yeah. Not many. You know, yeah. you, if, if you happen to actually go through a line with a cashier and you don't do self-checkout, like they won't make eye contact with you unless you foster that. Yeah. They won't, they won't even say a word to you. They just scan stuff and like, they'll just point at the screen and <laughs> you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to pay now. Is that what you want me to do? Yeah. It's crazy. And, and, you know, I, I think we, we hide behind the computers and the phones a lot, mm -hmm. which, you know, they're great tools, but I think they've stunted social interaction and the way that people communicate with each other. Hundred So, you know, those of us who are willing to step up to the plate have to do it. We have to be the ones that foster the change. And, you know, I've said this a thousand times, but I can't change the world personally by myself. Right. I cannot change the world, 
but I can change my world. Totally. And I can influence the people around me. And I pray that that butterfly effect that can change the world. So if the people around me are a little bit happier and a little more joyful, and they're a little more, you know, excited to wake up in the morning and be alive and they start spreading that out. That's how things really change. Yeah. But until enough people are willing to embrace that, then, you know, we deal with the, the shit that we deal with and we have the yeah. same problems over and over again, like humanity's had for thousands of years now. So many, so many points I want to, I want to grab onto there, but when you were talking, like I, I've never seen your grandmother, but you just described your grandmother. You're on the phone with her and you're like, I'm pretty sure she's smiling. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what you just, I mean, that was, that's the, the metaphorical or the picturesque thing of what you just described is like, that's that exceptional existence. Like in lieu of everything, is she smiling right now? Like what's going on? Right. That's where we got it. That's exceptional existence, right? That's joy over happiness. So I, two things, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw these at you. You unpack them however you want to. First and foremost, again, I'm, I'm again pissed because what you just talked about, I feel like we're in so much in line. Here's what's going to happen. I promise you, once this episode comes out, people that have listened to me forever is going to be like, this dude may be your brother. Like, we got <laughs> to get like a 23 and me. There's going to be some weird shit. Like, there's going to be like a reuniting thing. It's like, you know, hey, mom. Um, <laughs> So I feel like this, man, I feel like, and I'll tell you what happened. So this happened to me today about that joy. So I'm in, I'm in Starbucks at the grocery store every Friday. Um, this is a little joy piece. Every Friday, my significant other, Lori and I, we both take off. I don't go to the studio. She doesn't go to her. She doesn't do her gig. And we go for like a three mile walk every Friday just to kind of connect and jam. Afterwards, we go to the grocery store, we do adult shit. I'm in line at Starbucks and there's a lady in front of me and she's happy and she's talking to everybody but she's having, she can't get her credit card to go through. And I'm like, I'm going to take care of this. I'm just going to pay for it. Right. So I went up and I'm like, Hey, can I pay for this? And like, nobody knew even what to do. They're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I want to pay for her coffee. And she's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, cause I, I want, you deserve a coffee. She's like, I don't, why do I, like she, nobody can wrap their mind. And I think that's where we are right now. Like you said right. about the cashier is like, all, I mean, literally, I just wanted to pay for a coffee and I had to like, I had to do a presentation about like, <laughs> this is why I want to do this. It's not a big deal. Like, and so finally we got that transaction and she was like, this is so amazing. Like, I can't believe this. I'm like, you're unbelievable. I'm like, thank you, but it was just a coffee, right? <laughs> and then you want you, I want you to unpack this. So I feel like the last year, right? We just don't even say what it was and the C word and all that. I feel like it's, it's conditioned us. And when I say us, I'm talking about society, humanity, humans to accept and expect less. And I'll give you an example. Like I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing customer service at an all time low. I'm seeing like people, you know, like, Hey, we used to offer this, but now we don't anymore because of, and we're blaming it on the C right. word. Right. And I think we as humans, like we've even started to accept less from ourselves. It's like 70% obesity. Like, we should have gotten healthier during this time because we didn't have anything to do. Yeah, you had time. <laughs> we got worse. So talk to me about that. Are, do you, are you seeing that? Like, do you feel that? Like, and, and how can you and I change our small ecosystem to get people to stop thinking that way? So, you know, there's this, there's this great divide of humans. And I, and I, I believe the 80-20 rule always applies at every level. Yep. The people that I've surrounded myself with have absolutely thrived over the past year me too 
because when shit hit the fan, most of us went, all right, just another roadblock. What do we do? How can I serve? Where can I help? Where's the opportunity? You know, I shut my gym down for about six weeks, kind of shut it down. You know, I live in Texas, so there's a lot of, you know, it smells like freedom everywhere we go. <laughs> but, you know, there obviously we didn't know what was going on. So it was kind of weird. I'm like, yeah, I better shut down for a little bit. Yeah. And 24 hours after I was shut down, everyone was on my online platform. Everyone had the information they needed and we were ready to go. And instead of being like, well, we're shut down, you know, I'll see what happens. Right. Like we were doing Zoom happy hours, you know, it, like I was, I was doing whatever I could to just stay connected. Right. So I doubled down on everything. I'm like, how can I do better? How can I get better? How can I serve these people more? You know, in the, in the fitness industry, all of a sudden we found that a lot of coaches didn't know what to do. You know, they were like, I never trained online before. Do I have to do a Zoom call with every single client? I'm like, no. So all of a sudden I have a new business entity with a buddy of mine that we're helping other fitness coaches grow an online platform because they didn't know what to do. So it was just looking for those opportunities to serve. So you have this segment of people that are, are exploding their business, you know, experiencing things in life they've never experienced before because they're out serving the world and then it seems like, like you said, the other parts just like dive bombing, right? right? Well, I guess we'll just drink. You know, I mean, how many cases of domestic abuse, domestic violence? You know, we all know the alcohol sales were through the roof. Yeah. Texas even passed a law where you could have alcohol delivery, which you couldn't do that before. Dude, you we've could, got drive. You get in California, which we can't do shit here. You can get drive-through booze now. Like, I mean, it's in Louisiana. We're not just saying Bourbon <laughs> Street, baby, but it's like we've gone crazy. Yeah, like you could go get a margarita at the, at the Tex-Mex restaurant down the street to and go. And take it home. Yeah, yeah. Get it, take it home. Yeah. Like, what? So, you know, that, that shows you where, people, where people's heads are, right? But yeah. that was legislation passed in the state of Texas to allow yeah. that. Meanwhile, nobody's talking about taking care of yourself. Nobody's talking about health and fitness. Nobody's talking about meditation. Nobody's talking about, hey, you know what? You're home. Maybe you should get a decent night's sleep every now and then and take yeah. advantage of this time. Yeah. Go for so a walk. It, it, it's, it's crazy. And I think you're right. You know, there's a, there, there's a certain segment of the population that the standards have been lowered and they're just like, well, I guess that's what we're doing now. Right. And, and then there's this small portion that's taking control of things and getting ahead. And then people wonder why certain people have certain things, whether it's income or, or status or whatever. Well, most of the time, those people are working their asses off yeah. and they're solving problems in the world, which is why they're getting the money and getting the respect and getting on stages and things like that. You know, people only see the end result. They see the, they see the Instagram highlight reel right. and they don't see the 15 years of struggle yeah. behind you you know, an overnight success, two decades in the making, right? Right. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And I feel like it's that, it's that conditioning too. Like it's, you know, I don't want it's that herd mentality of like, yep. you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we just, well, this is, Hey, what, what, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you mean to do? Like, I can't, you know, my gym is closed, right? Yeah. But outside's not closed, right? It's like, it, it, it's open. <laughs> like uh, go for a walk, like go for a hike, like, go for a run, like get on your bike, like do a, squat or something you know, i don't know yeah just move do something right and so i'm with you on that 100 100 i think so what i'm thinking right now is like there's somebody listening who's like okay jokers i hear you i didn't do what i should have done 
So you know what, what do you, what do I do now? Do I punish myself for that? The answer is no, right? That's, that's not self-loathing and guilt and shame and that's wasted emotions. So what I want you guys to hear is the simplicity of Mark's book, right? Make good choices. What you need to do today is simply make one better choice than you made yesterday. So the, the best step would be go get the book, right? Let's go to Amazon. I'm a big, anytime I have somebody on, like I just talk like this, I'm like, if I have somebody on my show, you guys know I don't have many guests on. That means that there's a reason for this and there's a value for them being here. And that value needs to be reciprocated in you guys going to Amazon. And how much is the book on Amazon, brother? Nine? Uh, 9.99, yeah. Come on, I have everybody, <laughs> let's go, let's go, right? If for $10, you can take one nugget out of that, right? You're wasting 10 bucks on something today. Let's make a good choice, no pun intended. Go buy this book. And then every single day, just read day one, day two, day three, day four, and then start to design what your exceptional existence looks like. That's how you, if you're sitting at home right now and you're listening and you're like, man, I wish I would have done something different. I wish I would have made better choices. Like stop wishing it and start making those better choices. Yeah. I mean, that's the simplicity. That's why I love this. But I saw that you came out with this. I'm like, I love like simplifying complex issues, right? And the complex issue with weight loss is that you we've inserted a human and we make it uber difficult. Yep, yep. And, and I think, you know, something important to remember, you know, again, if, if you are one of those people and you're listening to this and you've struggled and, you know, there, there is a lot of guilt and self-loathing and all that stuff, but you don't need all the answers. Like you don't have to know everything that needs to happen in order for you to get a little bit better. Your next decision, just the next one just has to be a little bit better. And also remember too, you know, if you walked outside right now and you found your car had a flat tire, you wouldn't get in the car, ram it into the wall and slash the other four tires. Like that sounds insane, right? Right. But people do that to their bodies every day. You know, they get up, they got good intentions and then they have a donut and they're like, Oh, fuck. I had a donut. Well, you know, I guess I'll have cheeseburger and French fries and pizza and and cake and ice cream. Like that doesn't even make any sense. The next choice can always be a better one. And I think if we just focus on that very next decision, you know, I got a a buddy of mine, Thomas Keenan always says small steps forward daily. Again, simple, just a little bit every day. You know, we always try to focus on this huge problem. You got a hundred pounds to lose. And you're focused on a hundred pounds instead of focusing on one pound. Yeah. My analogy for that is, is, I mean, you may, you may get this is like, I always say, Hey guys, all right, you got a hundred pounds, right? And the, let's say it's a boulder in the corner of the room, like a big ass rock. That's kind of gnarly and whatever. And I'm like, Hey Mark, go pick up that rock, right? Bring it over to me. You're going to be like, first of all, I mean, could you pick it up? Probably, but it's going to cut you up. You're going to be bloody, whatever you might, you get it halfway across the room. But what if we went over there and we just busted that hundred pound rock into like one, hundred one pound rocks and every day i just said hey mark go get me a rock you'd be like cool bro like and you you do it every day and then you'd start to do it every day without me even saying hey mark go get a rock and then in a hundred days i mean i know you're not gonna lose 100 pounds in 100 days don't get crazy i'm not i'm not selling that program (laughs) metaphorically speaking in a hundred days you'd have that you'd have that same rock in the other corner of the room of a hundred pounds right I love but it. you didn't bring the whole rock at one time. You just brought one simple rock. Like it's that little, that little hinges swing big doors, right? As humans, we love to complicate things. And here's my theory on this. You tell me what you think. I think a lot of times we like to make things so convoluted and so complex 
because it gives us an out. Absolutely. It's like, well, I didn't, well, Mark, I didn't know how, I don't know what a reverse 360 hyperextension with a double, you know, pinky toe point <laughs> is. Like, I can't do that exercise. And you're like, it's just an air squat, bro. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I can do an air squat, right? But we complicate it because it gives us that, like, and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not off the hook on this. I, I find myself doing it. And I'm like, hey, man, like I have these conversations. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, let's just simplify this. What's the next thing we could do that would make that decision? You probably got this from the book, right? Like, here's why I love to have anybody on who's written a book is because it's like you said, you did, what's the title? What's the title? Like, I don't even know the title. Like, and the whole time everybody's thinking, why does he just call it make good choices? <laughs> but you, you know, it's, it's a process that you got to go through and now you're, you know, you're fortified. Let me ask you about the imposter syndrome a little bit. Cause it just is author to author. Like, you know, sometimes you're thinking like, is anybody going to read this? Like, I'm going to put this out. Is anybody even going to see this thing? Like, you know, how, how, how'd you feel about that? You know, it's, I always say as part of being an entrepreneur, a business owner, if you don't question your entire existence a couple times a week, you're not doing it right. Right. Yeah. You're not, like, you're not doing it enough. Yeah. You know, you have these moments of genius where you're like, oh, I actually do know what I'm doing. You know, a client says something, somebody reaches out and, and lets you know the impact that you make. But then, you know, when you're by yourself, you're like, do I, do I know what the hell I'm doing? Am I, am I even making a difference? Is what I say even make any sense? Like all those thoughts always come up. Right. And, and I think, again, you know, that's part of, of gaining mental strength over time yeah. is knowing that that's always going to be present. You know, I'm in this network of people that are doing like things that years ago, I probably couldn't even wrap my head around. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as, as I'm around these people a little bit more, you know, guys flipping $10 million apartment complexes, like, you know, me trading a, a baseball card that's worth two cents, you know, like, like crazy right. things. And, and those guys experience the same thing. Sure. Like every single person talks about like, I'm not doing enough. I don't think I know what I'm doing. Oh no. Like, don't give me that much credit. Like I got a, a, a guy I know he runs ads for, um, for click funnels mm -hmm. and, and uh, boss lead, like huge, huge ad accounts. Right. He's right. probably spending hundreds of millions of dollars of other people's money. Right. And he completely downplays what he does. He's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm not really that good. I mean, you know, like, dude, yeah, fucking people. amazing right run, like you wouldn't have those accounts if you didn't know what you yeah, were doing you're like yeah I, run, I put a facebook i put a facebook ad up today <laughs> what? No, yes. that facebook ad just made a hundred million dollars like you know what i mean like let's let's high five that. i get see and so I, that's a beautiful point you made so no matter where you are in your life like right if you're if you're under indexing your your value know that everybody does that the most yeah. fit person on the planet gets up some mornings and is like you're garbage. Yeah. Like you are getting shaped today, bro. Like, you know what I mean? So no matter who you are, where you are, every single one of us goes through that. I want to touch on this before, before we go. Cause my, my, and I, like I said, I feel like we've got so much um, synergy. My, the whole, the whole theory behind this podcast is disruption, inspiration, and transformation, right? Like I want to disrupt the way people think like that 80% of people who's like, like I want to break that mold, right? And then I want to inspire them, but and, you know, to to get excited about life, and then I want to give them tools, knowledge, and resources to actually transform. So here's what I'm pissed about: the the health and wellness, our world, where we where we live and play in our businesses, is gonna be in the next probably twelve, you know, six to twelve months, a five trillion dollar industry. 
Let that sink in, guys. Five trillion bucks. That's a lot of zeros. A lot of money. And we've never in our lives been more overweight, more unhealthy, more overwhelmed, more confused, more you name it, whatever. How do we, right? This is my mission with my entire existence. How do we start? And I know, I know what you're going to say, but I just want, I want everybody to hear it from you. How do, we, how do we start to bridge that, man, and start to, to, to shrink the gap between that overwhelm and that confusion and that, like, I don't know what to do. I'm spending five trillion bucks and I still don't know what to do, Mark. Yeah. I think a lot of it is ownership on our part. So the ones of us that we know we're doing things the right way, we know we're not selling gimmicks, we know we're talking the long-term solution. We know we we know that we have the tools to help people forever, not just for the, you know, getting ready for a wedding or a trip or anything. It it's gonna take more of us being bold enough to be the voice that's louder than all that bullshit that's out there. Yeah. And and it's rough because you know, we're we're fighting multi, multi-million dollar industries of fit teas and detoxes and bullshit supplements that don't serve any purpose, but people want the quick fix. People don't want to work for it. They don't understand that that's people want the secret. You want the secret to getting, getting in shape and being healthy is do the damn work. Nobody wants to do the damn work. No, they want that quick fix. So it takes more of us getting out, being a voice, being vocal, getting on social media, getting in front of anyone we can and continuing to preach our message and let people understand, look, we have the solution. You're just going to have to work a little bit for it, but I promise you it will be worthwhile. And, and I don't know any other way around it. Yeah. You know, because big pharma doesn't support it. There's no programs that really support us. We're not covered by insurance, which thank God I wouldn't want that anyway. No, but, and and there's no social encouragement either, despite all the images and the things that get flashed in front of people of here's the ideal, this and ideal that, which, you know, that's a whole nother discussion, but despite all that, and despite all the messaging, people are still unhealthy, overweight, and out of shape. So until more and more and more of us get out there and and show people, look, this is how it's really done. And this is how you're going to feel good because we're all probably going to live a pretty long time. Thanks to modern medicine. Yeah. You know, life expectancy is, is pretty long, you know, but I think a hundred years ago, it was like 50, right. <laughs> you know, now it's 80, but what kind of existence are you going to have? Right. Are you going to, are you going to have one where you're active and healthy and you can go do things and play with your grandkids? Or are you going to be sitting in a home the last 10, 15 years of your life staring out the window? Cause you can't do anything. Yeah. You know, and like, and that's the, it's so simplistic, right. But it's also so challenging because it goes against everything that social media preaches it goes against everything like there's a pill for that there's a quick fix for that there's a hack for that there's a secret for that you know one of my one of my favorite things i love to do is like the not so secret secret right like consistency like holy shit jay nixon what (laughs) what like you know jay nixon just cracked the code right it's like that guys that's it like it like i wish it was i wish there was a formula like i wish there was a thing and and a guy knew more than we all know and I always tell people this. I'm like, listen, you don't really need, like, you don't need a coach to tell you how to work out. You could, you could Google workout of the day and you could get more workouts than you could ever do in your life. You could Google best diet for weight loss, right? And somebody's gonna show you how to make a salad. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's not why you have a coach or a personal trainer or a mentor or whatever. It's, 
it's this kid right here. It's this little three pound, whatever, however much he weighs. The maniac in your mind is what is the problem. And you've got to stop thinking that there's a golden egg or a golden goose or like that Instagram model who's sharing that tea. Guys, I mean, you can drink that tea every day for the rest of your life. And I was going to say shit ain't going to happen, but shit, the only thing that's going to happen is shit. <laughs> yep, yep. Right? You're going to be on the toilet. It's not going to be worth it. So let's stop chasing those those quick fixes and let's just get to the reality. And, and I, this ties it back in beautifully is like make good choices, right? Make your next choice a good one. Yep. It's, it's really, I mean, I wish we had, I wish you had something, you know, <laughs> I wish we had more. Right? I feel, I feel, you know, like, that's it. Mark, that's- that's literally it. Mark and I'm like, okay, guys, I'll see you, I'll see you later. I'm like, and this guy, that just sucked. Like, they didn't tell us anything. <laughs> so I love it, brother. I appreciate you coming on and just being, I love realness. I love uber authenticity. Um, and I feel like you were speaking the exact same language. And that, that excites me because I know that, like you said, I can't do this on my own. And to know that there's somebody out there who's, who's preaching the same exact thing that I am makes me happy and and should make you guys as listeners happy because it lets you know that I'm not just a psychopath, that maybe there's more than one of me out there. And maybe Mark's clinically insane as well, but at least there's two of us, right? And maybe three, maybe four. And so let's do this. Let's go to Amazon right now. Is, is that the best place to go, Mark, Amazon? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazon, guys, everybody's got an account. Something's showing up at your house today from Amazon. It might as well be a, a make good decision, make good choices book. So let's go to Amazon, make good choices. I'm gonna, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, follow Mark. I'll put all of his contact information in the show notes as well. And then that way you won't just think that I'm crazy. If I say something, immediately go to Mark's page and be like, Okay, there's no golden egg. Like Mark's still saying, <laughs> right? Because we are both going to be consistent until we're dead. And Amen. so make sure you're following Mark. Go buy his book. Um, brother, leave us with something. Like what's the, what's the one good decision that somebody can make today that would be life-changing for them? Remember you're going to die and use that to live. I love that. And it's like super simple, right? So stop, stop dying, start living. Amen. Because it, it's coming, but it's up to you to make good choices today so that the quality of your life until that D-Day comes is, like Mark said, an exceptional existence. Yes, sir. Brother, I appreciate you, man. I can't wait to connect with you deeper outside of this podcast. So thanks for coming on the show, man. And we will get people buying that book. Thanks so much for having me on, Jay. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, guys. Be back with you next week for another episode. Love you. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week. See you.